and it is dwarfs. It's not dwarves. It's dwarfs. Oh, sorry. This is incorrectly spelled. Actually, you wouldn't stroke a deer, would you? Teenagers are to zebra crossing. Another fucking photo. You know, a fucking paparazzi. What? What more do you want? Energy crew. Boop, 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 boop. This is a real deal. Mm. Oh, I've just had a fucking beautiful thought. And I'm just trying to articulate it in my brain before I lose it. Gravy brain, gravy brain, gravy brain. I fucking love gravy brain. Gravy brain. Gravy brain. Gravy brain. Oh, it's fucking gravy brain. <laughs> Welcome back to the Gravy Brain Podcast. I'm Freddie. And I'm Drew. And that's gone well. I'm getting better at it. You are getting better at it. Are you prepared for today, Freddie, for this, you know, all meat, no fat podcast today? I can't wait. And for those listeners who don't know what we're talking about, we're going to speed through some of the segments and get to a position of randomness later on. You know, just, you know, just trying out new things, you know, still early days. So we'll just see what happens. We'll see what happens. I've got my coffee. I've got a belly full of Uncle Ben's finest microwave rice. So. So yeah, I'm I'm ready to ready to fucking go. Absolutely. Well, it's the scientific method. You just got to keep experimenting until you find the right thing. Edison and his light bulbs, all of that kind of thing. How many ways was it? A thousand, a hundred. He found a lot of ways not to make a light bulb, and uh, we're just going to take the good stuff from the first two episodes, pound it into this one. I've got a lem sip, so no Uncle Ben's rice for me. Let's go. Here's a jingle about feeling good. I'm feeling good about this jingle. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Give me that feel-good story. I want it right now. <laughs> feel-good story. Well, shout out. We've gone once again to the BBC archives um, to their uplifting stories, which, uh, well, does what it says on the tin, I suppose. Uh, going to go slightly differently with this one this week, James. I'm going to give you the title, and it's only a short article. I'll just read it to you. Go for it. So the title is Dear Greys on East London Housing Estate. Okie dokie. Residents were stunned to see a herd of deer grazing outside their front doors on an estate in East London. The animals had walked across the busy A12 in Harold Hill, Romford, from their home in Dagenham Park. They're thought to be one of five herds in the area that have been breeding there for hundreds of years. A local conservation group has requested that people give the animals space and warned against taking selfies with them. There's a lot of uh, cute pictures here of kind of intimidating looking deer, but they're also cute at the same time, very Bambi-esque, just grazing outside some council houses. Alex Sarzi-Sartori, who saw the animals relaxing outside his house, said, We were gobsmacked. I grabbed my camera gear and started approaching them. Then I noticed other people were out too, and the deer were completely comfortable. It was lovely to see the entire community come out. I met more of my neighbours in one morning than in the five years that I've lived here. <laughs> we, can, we can dive into this. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of holes in this story. Mick Hockley from Harold Hill Deer Aid has warned against getting too close to the animals, though. Respect the deer. If they walk away, don't follow them. Don't feed them. He added, we are called upon up to 40 times a day to deal with issues surrounding them. We've seen people take their dog off the lead and say, go on and get them to chase the deer. It's become a living nightmare. Mr. Sazi Sartori said, I feel that we need to learn to live with animals and try not to disturb them and let them be. As humans, we are invasive. But thanks to lockdown, this is nature trying to reclaim the space back. and We should respect that. James, that's the article. Well, it, it's I'm, not the happiest feel good that I've had, but well, it's funny about the conservation group because I've read uh, numerous times over the years that because deers now are like conserved and have no natural predators, that they actually destroy a lot of the uh, natural <laughs> habitat they inhabit. Um, De- destroy in what way? Like because, uh, like just when they move, like their feet hitting the ground and the amount that they eat, because like they have no population control effectively. Right. So um so maybe not as not as feel good as you thought. What's the closest you've ever been to a wild deer? You know what, it's not something I've document, but I've been to country parks. I'd imagine I don't think I've ever actually you wouldn't stroke a deer, would you? That's not no. like not like a petting zoo. But um I, I'd imagine I've been fairly close to deer. They've never come to my house. Which I, I guess reckon, is what the story's about. I reckon the closest I've been to a wild deer is about two feet. Yeah. Do, yeah, you, do you I, recall it? Yeah, I was walking 
I was walking a dog. And a, a dog, not your dog, yeah, just a dog. Just a dog. Walking a dog <laughs> along, uh, along, you know the, you know the seaside walk at St Andrews. Yes. So I was walking along there, and there's a bit where there's like bushes, and then there was a rumbling in the bush, and out from the bush stumbled a deer. A deer. And me, me, the dog, and the deer looked at each other for a solid. 40 seconds, not moving. And then right. it ran off. And then it ran off, oh, so you won. You won the standoff. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon that was you winning it or the dog? I mean, sorry, th- was this dog Cooper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a dog that was related to your family. It wasn't just a stray I, dog I that you... stolen a dog. And it was on a leash. It was on a leash. I will, em- I will emphasize that. Fair enough. Shout out Cooper. Yeah. So, the hero uh, we all deserve. So uh, so yeah, I've I've been within striking distance of a of a deer. I love it. Well, that's a great story. And actually, as I unpack some of the little things in this story, um, it's interesting to note in that article I did say that people were getting dogs to come off their lead and go and chase the deer. I'm not sure if that is a normal reaction no, that people re- should have to wildlife. It reminds me of a certain viral video. Which I will record to you <laughs> the single word Fenton. Fenton! Fenton! Classic, classic. But yeah, it's very dangerous. You know, I've seen Lion King. I know what happens when there's a stampede. You don't want a stampede of a deer. You know, it's, it's bad times. Absolutely. I mean, okay, so let me just bring up some points. I love second paragraph. The animals had walked across the busy A12. I love the idea of these deer being absolute badass gangsters and just walking across and it's a busy a12 it's not just like a12 at night they said they've walked across a busy a12 so people they just step out and like yeah you're going to, have to wait for us like teenagers are to zebra crossing but you know when they do it with attitude because i know it's the law to actually for cars to stop there you know when they do it with a sense of entitlement that's how i imagine the deers being walking across that a12 and of course, you know, terrible dad joke incoming, but, you know, deers aren't allowed to use zebra crossings. <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, trigger warning me there. Um, yes, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes I feel if I just, you know, lay, lay these terrible jokes down with no warning, then, um, you know, I might cause a heart attack in people listening. <laughs> um, and So another thing, just... The the fact that the, the initial instinct of all the people in the local, rather than just to look at them, was to take selfies with them, I thought was pretty jarring and perhaps a negative comment on today's society. And you know that that Diaz thing, and oh, another fucking photo, you know, a fucking paparazzi. All the time, can't it, can't it go anywhere it, nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we cross the A12, and this is we still get this treatment. You know, we're not safe at Dagenham Park, and now we get this. Yeah, and. So to, to bring this all to a close, you know, it's, it's still a feel-good story. Nature's still there, and it's probably the deers have probably had a great time in uh, in lockdown, just chilling out, less pollution, all that jazz. But I oh, like the idea it. at the end. Oh, sorry, yeah. You know, what, all that jazz is a nice story. You get to get to see some cute deer. What what more do you want? Absolutely, and I think um, <laughs> at the end the guy that said there's humans we're invasive fair point but thanks to lockdown this is nature trying to reclaim the space back and we should respect that these deer live in dagnam park and i like the idea that they think they're entitled to this housing estate <laughs> it's like you know what guys it's been a year it's time we reclaimed reclaimed what's ours it's like colonialism <laughs> but with deer how different the world would be if colonialism was carried out by deer instead of human beings. Yeah. It's like battle between deer and man. But I, lo- I love that it's portrayed as like, a, this is the earth. The earth is healing. The deer are starting to take back their housing estates. And then you, it gradually escalates to deer, like, stealing cars. Like, <laughs> boy, boy racer deers doing donuts in the uh, little car park. Yeah, pulling over Justin Bieber, getting him to sing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great image. I like that. I like that. A lot. Oh dear. Oh, uh, you didn't give a warning. Someone's going to die because of that. You had no idea I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, no idea. Oh, it just keeps getting worse. Deary me. James and Freddy's Time Machine. So, Freddy, today on the Time Machine, we have three technological innovations. Oh. From the modern era, of course. Oh. And I would like you to tell me the order that they were released in from earliest to most recent. From earliest to most recent. Okay, I can do that. Well, I can try. I've failed the last two weeks, so. So, your first innovation. The PlayStation 3. The PlayStation 3. Okay. Okay. Second innovation. The original iPhone. The original iPhone. Okay. And your third and final innovation. The social media giant, Facebook. <gasps> oh, cool! You take me back to my, take me back to my teenage years. So that's the PlayStation Three, the original iPhone, and the social media giant, Facebook. Right. Where do I start? Original iPhone. Have you seen the Steve Jobs film? I know there's two of them, but the good one. Which one's the good one? I've Fast not seen Bender. either. Uh, Michael Fassbender. I knew you were going to say that he's a he's a wonderful man um, yeah. to look at. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's a good person, but he's nice to look at uh, in films. He does a good job. Interesting. Yeah, no, he's also a good actor. And um, <laughs> it, yes, that's that's what I meant. Really. Sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> but the, the Steve Jobs film is, you know, it's interesting. It's uh, it's basically it's based around. The three launch or three big launches, I think, of you know the Apple Mac. I don't know if it ends with the iPhone, but anyway, it, that film sent me down a YouTube rabbit hole of watching all the Steve Jobs unveilings of different products, which are revolutionary to modern times. Um, unfortunately, I can't really remember the date of the iPhone, except I can picture that original home screen, and it does look in my head pretty prehistoric compared to modern iPhones, so that's a factor. PlayStation 3, I actually stopped at PlayStation 2. Um, We might discuss this on the pod last week uh, about my first game being Metal Gear Solid 3 um, and swapping it for James Bond because we wanted something more violent. Uh, Sorry, It's it's funny you say that because (laughs) the, the big PlayStation 3 exclusive that got people to buy it, well, some people to buy it, was Metal Gear Solid 4. Really? Yeah. It was exclusive to PlayStation 3. Isn't it amazing that Metal Gear Solid seems to be at the centre of a lot of our conversations? Well, yeah, I am going to make you watch the whole thing, um, because I know you won't play it, but I'm going to make you watch it all. Uh, Magic. Yeah, so (laughs) I think last week you mentioned Call of Duty Black Ops, because you mentioned New and that's also PlayStation 3. Yeah. But also PC and stuff like that. But, um, But yeah, so PlayStation 3, a pretty... A pretty big shift. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it, that was the beginning of online interactive gaming, wasn't it? And I think I would have been vibing on that. That's probably what I wanted when I was a younger person on consoles. Um, but kind of luckily, unluckily, I dropped out of the PlayStation generation uh, by the time PlayStation 3 came around. The only time I've played it was going around friends' houses. So, yeah, in this in this in this dark period of my life, I actually had an Xbox and uh, an Xbox 360, oh. and oh. my little brother had a PlayStation 3. Um, but that's <laughs> that's now being corrected. We both have PlayStation 4s now, so it's all fine. Was that just to be pedantic, or no? You... I think at the time i I just wanted the the Xbox. I think a lot of my friends in school had Xboxes, so right for Makes that sense. online. Although Xbox 360, of course. So now you have to pay for online for both of them, but it was originally you didn't have to pay for the PlayStation. Okay. Which was, uh, which was their big selling point, I think, for the online game. Love it. And yeah, then no, Facebook. I... Thoughts on Facebook? Thoughts on Facebook. Well, uh, I, I have it. Um, my, my general feelings on Facebook is it was amazing to begin with. Um, I, I think I got Facebook 2009, I want to say. Um, yeah, when I was 14. So the end of 2009 and... Uh, and it was brilliant because Facebook used to be a feed for people that can remember that far back. It used to be a feed of everyone's stuff. People would post, and it, it was effectively Twitter with better pictures, I suppose. 
it used to just be a feed of people's thoughts and feelings. You know, I've, I've woken up, had my Weetabix, and it was actually a data source. And uh, I've really made a conscious effort the last few years to spend less time on Facebook just because it's no longer that. I use it as a picture kind of yearbook thing. I'll post up any big pictures that I'll want to come up in my memories in the future. But in terms of posting and stuff, you find yourself scrolling now through advert after advert and there's nothing left. <laughs> I've got nothing left. Yeah, um, I, I only use Facebook for Messenger nowadays. Um, yeah. I have I have certain family members who post uh, memes, and I mean like minion-level memes. Yeah. And it's painful. So, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, it's... I don't I don't throw around the term lightly, but I feel it is a boomer website now. <laughs> I think um I think Facebook is just more business oriented now. It's all about the adverts and if you've got a business of your own, you need to be on there to provide a service to your customers. But in terms of it being a social network, I think it's just dead in the water. And there's actually talk I've seen in it might even have been this week, it's in recent weeks certainly that they're going to start getting into audio streaming now. So it might become like a podcast platform as well. Um, so we've got to be careful what we say. Well, yeah, they have a, they have, they already have video game streaming. Really? Yeah. yeah. It so seems like, like they want, they want all their fingers in all the pies, but in for social networking, I feel like their finger is one truly out of the pie. It's a cold pie. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just a bit. It's just a bit of a shit website, to be honest. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing I can say about it is that now, when I spend less time on it, I'm not exactly craving going back on. You know, yeah. you go it's off. Got, it like, before, the good old days of MSN Messenger. Oh, like, desperately get home from school and immediately log on to MSN, update MSN what you were doing and what you were listening to. Oh my god, go oh, get your music in the status. Got to yeah. get your, get yourself uh, online, or if someone bad comes online, you got to take yourself offline, but you're still there incognito. Oh, fucking great shit. So, those are your three things. Uh, which one was the earliest? Which one's the middle? Which one's the latest? Okay, well, PlayStation feels to me very much like a 2010 kind of... Uh, well, I guess I, I had FIFA... I think my last FIFA was FIFA... Oh eight. I definitely had Tiger Woods, PJ Tour two thousand and nine. Shout out EA for all of those. Um, so I think that's the last one. I think that will be about two thousand and eleven. That feels right. Sick for me times. Uh, original iPhone feels really early, but then again, so is Facebook. And I got it, and it'd been around for a few years. Uh, Facebook <sighs> two thousand and four always seems to come up. I don't know if that's Twitter. I think that could be Facebook. Would I've been ten? Yeah, that sounds about right. Is the iPhone before Facebook? It'd be a website. Maybe it is. Maybe it's 2003. Okay, so I'm going for iPhone first, and I'm. this feels a bit early, but I'm going to go 2003 for the iPhone. Okay. Um, I'm going Facebook second, 2004, and I'm going PlayStation 3, third, 2011. Oh, Freddy... No. So the earliest one in 2004 was Facebook. Oh, but I got the year right. You did get the year right. Followed oh, by iPhone. It's got, it's got to be iPhone. In 2006, PlayStation 3. No. No, you're lying. That's not right. No, that can't be right. I would have been 11 years old when PS, PS3 came out. Followed by 2007, the iPhone. Uh, my mind is blown. That, uh, my, my, my reality is distorted. I was so out of PS3. I do think the, Play- so the PlayStation 3 was the console for a very, very long time. Right. Um, I'm just going to quickly, using the power of the internet, I'm going to Google... Yeah. PlayStation 3 was released on November 11th, 2006, in Japan. Wow. And the PlayStation 4 wasn't announced until 2013. 
Okay. So what are they on now? They've only just done the PS5, haven't they? PS- PlayStation 5 has only just come out, and it has no games, so why would you ever buy it? They're a bit um, slow, aren't they? No, PlayStation 5 is incredibly fast. Well, no, like, slow in releasing. Oh, well, it's because, <laughs> it's because things take time. You know, you don't want to be releasing... You know, Sony isn't Apple. You can't release a £1,000 product every, uh, every year and expect people to buy it. Topical. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so you got it completely wrong. And, and that's the time machine, I'm afraid. Great. Nice. Freddy's foreign football fight or flight. Okay, next. Right, Freddy. Well, after, after your Vietnam experience, we have now gone to Africa. West to, Africa, no doubt, to, right? To West Africa. We Oof. are. So I went to this weekend. Just gone. I uh, I went to Ghana. Ghana, nice. How how was the flight? The flight was all right, but um, so because of lockdown, my hair and beard are an absolute nightmare. So um, I thought you know I'll, I'll smarten up before the game starts. Um, and so I went to the hairdressers. They went to the barbers, just a street barber. Yeah, and um, I got them to do the you know short back and sides, just standard. But he absolutely screwed it up, and um, on the back, he managed to put a huge letter H into the back of my head. Oh, that's yeah, that's easily done. I assume H for head. <laughs> um, so I was in the game, and it was just before the game was going to start, and I, uh, I went to the bathroom, and I'm just finishing in the bathroom, and I'm washing my hands, and then all I hear behind me is, sweet Jesus, Joseph, Mary, Mother of God. It's, it's Pep Guardiola. You no, know, no, it's Adrian Dunbar. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> and I turn around and say, no, no, it's just it's just a mistake from, from the barber. He said, oh, right, okay. Um, I'm not sure why he was in, why he was in Ghana. Um, must, must be just having a relaxing time after uh, finishing film in Line of Duty. It, yeah, um, it must be. So so yeah so that's my little story. Um but the main event for the football for the football is this is the Ghana Premier League that we are looking at today. Did you watch um, the game with Adrian Dunbar? No, no, I didn't actually see him afterwards. Um because he wasn't in my box. So I don't know why he was there. It just mysteriously fell back into the shadows. Just fell back into the shadows. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe he's investigating uh you know, corruption in the the Ghana police force, that might be what it is. Well, Ghana does have a silent H in it. Maybe A-C. Maybe the A stands for Africa. Or maybe it's A for H. Y- yes, yes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you can never be too careful. What, what if, what if, you know, famous British rapper H is actually... Oh. The head of an OCG. Oh. Anyway, anyway um, <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Mind blown. Yeah, I'm doing so, research. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was just unfortunate that the uh, that the barber did that to the back of my head. Anyway, Ghana Premier League. Um, we have got <laughs> Ghana two, Premier League. Oof. Yeah, yeah, not even Premier, second division. Premier. Everything's Premier, but the price. Um, <laughs> little callback to episode one. So, uh, your first team today. Yes. Your first team is called. Um, Accra Great Olympics. Accra Great Olympics. Yes. Accra Great Olympics FC. Nickname, Oli Daddy. Oli Daddy. Uh, yes. I don't know Are you making this means. up? No, no. I've got... Don't you worry. I have the Wikipedia page. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, they are a professional football club. So, they're not amateurs. They have won the Premier League twice, and they've won the Ghana FA Cup three times. Whew. Yeah. Um, so let me just have a look at the team. Uh, can you guess the nationality of all the players? Um, yes, I can. Yes, they are all from Ghana. <laughs> Excellent. They are led by their captain, Gladson Awako. Okay. Um, now, 
our court has actually got a little bit of history for him. So this guy has actually completed trial training at Tottenham Hotspur FC. Oh. So he's basically played in a couple of the different African teams and was scouted for a bit of training, and then he got the opportunity to come back to his uh, his home country and join a team there. Um, so now he's back in Ghana. And he has played for their national team, both... Uh, oh, sorry, he's played in their national under-20s. Um, so, you know, a little bit of experience. He can't be that bad if... Uh, if Tot- Well, I say that. He can't be that bad if Tottenham have um, had him on doing trials. But uh, then again, it is Tottenham. He's travelled. So, he's a travelled man. Yeah, he's been around a bit. He's been around a bit. Now, these guys are quite a... Let me just double-check my sources. Yes, so Great Olympics is a contender for the championship, uh, for the Premier League title, uh, basically. They're in that sort of top flight of the um, of the t- of the table. They are yeah. they are doing really well. They're very solid performance. And, you know, depending how the next few matches go, they could well win. So these are, this guy, these are serious team, serious team. Oh, and how many in this league, roughly? In, in this league, there are 18. 18? Oh, it is the real deal. This is the real deal. Um, so they're doing, they're doing pretty good, pretty good. Now your next team, your next team, you're going to love this, right? Okay. This team is called... The Cape Coast Mysterious Ebusua Dwarfs. <laughs> All right, you lost me at Cape. I'm going to need that again. <laughs> so they are the Cape Coast. Cape Coast. Mysterious. Mysterious. Ebusua. Uh, use it in a sentence. Ebusua Dwarfs. Ebusua Dwarfs. Right. Dwarves. Right. Um. Uh, <laughs> Is that, a, is that a prerequisite to be part of this team? Their full... Well, not that I'm aware of. Their full name is Cape Coast Mysterious Ebisua Dwarfs Football Club. Their, okay, nicknames, yeah, include, their nicknames include Ebisua Dwarfs, The Crabs, and Mysterious Dwarfs. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, they uh, their main international, uh, you know, pedigree is that they appeared in the 2000s uh, Central African Football Cup, I think that is. Yeah, that's but, like their Champions League, yeah. Yeah, they lost to uh, the Egyptian team Ismaili uh, 6-0 in the quarterfinals. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're not that great. Um, we're talking like... Mid to bottom of table. Okay. Um, they have won the Ghanaian Premier League once. Um, okay. In nineteen sixty-six. Um, <laughs> big year, big year for football. That big year for football. And so it's quite an established league. I don't know why that surprises me. And they are all from Ghana, apart from one member of their team who is from Le Côte d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast. Um, Now, these guys are definitely not top of the table uh, contenders. I'll tell you that for free. Um, Thank you. These guys are more of a sort of mid-table kind of team. Um, So, we're not scraping the barrel by any means, but from what I can tell, these guys are not cont- uh, contenders for the title. Okay. Now, on that basis, what do you think the result of the match was? Right. Well, I'm going to have to do some weighing up. But, um, well, the first thing I need to ask is, did the result blow you away? Because that was a good clue last week, and I nearly got the 5-2 by guessing 7-2. I think that the bookies will have lost some money on this one. Oh, that's a that's very helpful of you. Thank you. Um, well, you know, first off, you, you've said all the facts. Um, 
I just want to give a shout out to the Ghana World Cup teams of 2006 and 2010. I, I love those watching those teams and uh, their kind of talismanic player at that time was Asamoah Jan, who was playing for Sunderland. So kind of your your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolute heritage in world football and to be able to even comment on the Ghanaian Premier League is a true privilege today. Um, it's interesting because it seems, you know, with everything you gave me, these Acre Great Olympics should have walked this game. And uh, with their captain Gladson and a team of essentially local boys with a bit of heritage, winning the league twice, winning the cup three times over quite a period of time. They feel to me like a like an Everton of the modern day, if you were comparing it to English Premier League. So I guess they would be susceptible to dodgy results, just as Everton always are. Um, Cape Coast Mysterious Dwarves, where do we start? The Crabs or Mysterious Dwarves is their nickname. That just raises so many alarm bells. <laughs> so many alarm bells, so many questions. Uh, I, I can't, I'd love to dive deeper into their history. Um one league title, one Ivory Coast player. So they've dipped into different markets as well. Mid-table team. I mean, you say the bookies would have lost money, but, you know, in boxing, you lose most money if there's a draw. So I would... Because it's such an unlikely result, I'd have to say it's a draw. Hmm. And the result isn't blowing you away. So I'm going to say it's a one-all draw. A one-all draw. Hmm. Let That's me better. have a look. So, so Freddie Lawrence, I can tell you that Accra Great Olympics did indeed score one goal. <laughs> but, but, no! The mysterious dwarfs managed to score four goals. Four-one. Uh... 4-1 to the Dwarves. Incredible performance from t- such tiny men. And if Mysterious Dwarfs isn't... And it is Dwarfs, it's not Dwarves, it's Dwarfs. Oh, sorry, this is incorrectly spelt. Yeah, it's with an S. Right, and sorry. An S. So if that's not the title of our podcast, uh, this week, <laughs> The Mysterious Dwarfs, um, to commemorate their fantastic win over the Acre Great Olympics... Um, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure the mysterious editor can make it so. But even even though uh, Great Olympics did not win that game, I think they're still they're still only they're still within one win of first place in the league. Okay, fair play. So I mean, it, it's I've, not the I've... end to their dreams, but I think there'll be some talks in the dressing room. Understand. I mean, dreams. There is never an end to any dreams. But that's the first time. I'm sad because that's the first time in three weeks I've actually got the result wrong in terms of you know guessing who came oh, out on yeah. top. I think you, you threw me off there. That was a bit of a curveball. You know, the bookies. You're right. They would have lost money. But why I brought boxing into it, I don't know. It's a different sport. Maybe you're losing your touch, Freddie. Maybe you're losing your touch. Or maybe I'll gain it next week. Maybe you'll gain it next week. Right. Uh, speaking of next week, I reckon we'll go for some. Uh, I reckon we'll go South America. I think next week. South America, yeah. But uh, we, that sounds we, pleasant. But we won't do Brazil. We, you know, we won't go to a big place. That, well, I'll find a small South American country and we'll... Yeah, we've got to be COVID wary. COVID wary, indeed, indeed. And I wonder who you'll meet in the in the toilet. Next week. <laughs> I wonder who I'll meet on the toilet next week. Yeah, it's yeah. uncanny. Uncanny. Adrian Dunbar, Pep Guardiola. It's the great and the good of the world. Well, after all of the news that's coming out this week, I do wonder you know, whether we might see Dominic Cummins in, uh, in South America. <laughs> so, so who knows? Who knows? It'd be a rare sighting. A rare sight. A rare sight. Big game hunting. Um... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so next segment, I guess. Talking about music albums and stuff. Music. Music, nice. Um, oh, we, f- we finally get to talk about Jack's Jones. Welcome to the music segment. Thank you for joining us. 
I made Freddie listen to the Beach Boys this week. Ooh. Freddie. Ooh, indeed. What did you think of the Beach Boys in one word? <laughs> well, that's a big fucking sign. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of a word. Um, the only word that keeps coming to mind is gloopy, but that's well, not what I'm it. trying to think gloopy, of. That's the word. Okay, gloopy. <laughs> Freddie, if, would you recommend this album to a friend? Yes. Would you pay Great British Pounds for this album? Yes, I think I would. Does it make you feel happy or sad? Makes me feel happy. And my final question for the uh, with regards to the Beach Boys uh, pet sounds. Um, when you listen to this, do you imagine yourself walking along a sunlit pier with the smell of fish and chips and sea air in your nostrils? Well, yes, but if you'll allow me, <laughs> I'll have some comments on that. I, I shall allow you. I deem to allow you to uh, to comment. So I'll briefly summarise my thoughts and feelings on Pet Sounds. Uh, 1966, again, a great year for music, it turns out, not just football. I really enjoyed this album. It is a happy album, but exactly as you allude to, Sky has ruined it for me. <laughs> With, um, the, I, I don't know if that's what you're getting at with that question. I'd be mental if it was a coincidence. But the Sky advert, the Believe in Better, the Lily James on the pier taking in the sights on the Ferris wheel to Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. Unfortunately, when I hear that, it's the first song on the album, that's the first thing that comes to mind now rather than any original feeling or, or no. memory in my head. Prepare to be blown away because I don't know what advert you're talking about. Oh my god! Well, if you've got Sky TV, shout out our house. Um, you'll know that there's a Sky advert that keeps going on with Lily James, and it's the classic "Believe in Better." It might be a Sky Mobile advert actually, um, but it's exactly that scene. It's a kind of fairground on the edge of a pier. I'm pretty sure it's on the edge of a pier. It, it could be in the water. And then she, it ends with her taking a selfie on a Ferris wheel in the latest advert because she's uh, they're advertising 5G or something that China's made. So, But that's it. It's always done to Wouldn't It Be Nice. So it's a really pleasant song, and they've obviously got the same imagery from it that you have, which is quite interesting. But at the same point, it's simultaneously ruined uh, the song for me because as soon as it plays, that's what I see. It's an advert for Sky, and it's just a confirmation that advertising does indeed work. Indeed, indeed. It, it, it's. I found that a lot. I don't know if you found this, but a lot of the songs, it was kind of. It sounded very dated, but it was still catchy. Yeah, like it was before its time. I think that, that's the thing. They, they were before their time. This is an era of the Beatles and the boy bands kicking off, and you got that kind of rocky sound, acoustic sound, and then they just go completely left field of it, probably assisted by some interesting substances, but it's created some interesting sounds. Pet sounds, in fact. Indeed, indeed. Now, and what did you make me listen to, Freddie Lawrence? Uh, I made you listen to Snacks Supersize by Jax Jones, which is a dance music album, for those of you who don't know. Jax Jones being a London-based DJ. And... and- what what would you like to know about the horrific experience you put me through? Well, first of all, I think that is completely unfair given our joint appreciation of dance music in our university years. Um, well, that's that's the thing, right? When because I'm anyone who knows me will know that I am not a club dancer of any sort, and I think that when we were listening to dance music in university or you were showing me what you were listening to, I always appreciated a really juicy, dirty drop. Yeah, filthy bass line. And I feel like this doesn't have that. I think it's too poppy. It, yeah, I was going to say, it's more poppy. It's not trying to be that, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, here we go. Did it make you feel happy or sad? Uh, I tell you, so I actually listened to this while I was doing housework. And <laughs> the... The rhythms of moving, you know, the the strokes of the Hoover, 
or the scrubbing of a dish. You know, it the rhythm of this stuff helped me. I would, the thing I did like about it was that there were, seemed to be lots of different features. Um, so like lots of different voices over the course of the album, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, sorry, uh, just to hold you there, you're aware that the first song on the album is called Housework. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> The coincidences today are blowing. Oh my god, the music has got to you. Yeah, so the, my favourite part of the album though, and I am being cheeky when I say the end, but I did like his little <laughs> bit at the end where it was like, Fa- yeah, thanks for listening mate, yeah, it's really good. Tequila time, bro! Yeah, I, I, it felt I think the overall album I know some of it was about, you know, breakups or like, you know, chasing girls or girls chasing boys and sometimes that's quite serious, but yeah. You know, I thought that the album in general was, you know, light-hearted dance music, and you know, if I was sitting in a barbecue in the sun and that was on in the background, you know, no one's going to complain. Would you recommend it to people to listen to? Uh, I would recommend it to people to listen to while they're doing something else. I yeah. think if you're doing a workout, if you're in the club, if you're doing your housework, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't lie on the couch with my eyes closed and listen to it like I have other albums in the past. But right. that doesn't mean it's bad. It's it's music with a purpose. Yeah, and you touched on it. What I'd like to say, that Tequila Time outro, I think that every album should have that, where the artist is just kind of chatting at the end on top of a beat, and they're kind of just giving their thanks out. And it just make for me, getting to the end of that, I've probably listened to that more than I've listened to a lot of the other songs, just because it's very human and it's actually getting to know him rather than just his music. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. I feel like, um, for example, just to compare it to an album we've talked about before for Dave psychodrama, when we got to the end of that, uh, I, it was like, it kind of made me felt like a dickhead for listening to the album. (laughs) This is all real. Damn it. Whereas Jack John was like, yeah, party time. Listen to it again. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, he also spoke about his struggle and that no one, everyone told him he wouldn't get there, but just keep believing in your dreams. But yeah, he also did say, yeah, party time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you take you take what you want from it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, it, the thing I've closed with saying for this album, the reason I gave it to you to listen is because, in my opinion, in my humble opinion on dance music, there's not a bad song on it. Literally every single song is a dance anthem. And the collaborations he's got going, they just sound, it's just great. I could see it, like you say, you could stick it on a party or a barbecue, and this album alone, 51 minutes, would fill that time in a very pleasant way, I'd say. Yeah, like, I don't I don't think there's anything, there was nothing on it that made me go, dear God, I need to take my earphones out right now. Like, it, it was perfectly serviceable as, a, as an album. Very good. So we've got nice. pet sounds, we've got s- snacks, and that's super-sized snacks. Um, two albums that we'd recommend for people to listen to. Yeah, good, good shit, good shit, good shit. Talking about music albums and stuff. So how do we want to introduce this? Uh, well, we can actually talk about the Super League. So, Freddie, you know, since we last did the podcast, we have seen the rise and fall of the European Super League. Seismic shifts happening in the world. In the the entire world, not just football, but ESL has rocked society to its core. I don't understand how they thought they could get away with it. Well, it depends which conspiracy theory you believe. Oh, well, if there's conspiracy theories, I'm all in. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. (laughs) Well, so, on the face of it, right, the chief executives involved with the European Super League breakaway, so involved with six Premier League clubs and the Spanish-Italian clubs that all signed up to this under the chairman, who is Florentino Perez, who is the, I want to say chief executive, could be the chairman of Real Madrid. He's big, he's head honcho at Real Madrid. A big guy. A big oh, guy. A big guy. He's like a big shack. Um He's so they've led this breakaway, and on the face of it, it seems really stupid because clearly it was never going to get through the fans, 
And what we've seen this week is that loads of fan protests happened and it just, it meant that football could not continue if this idea was still in existence, right? And that's happened across Europe. Everyone, it has been staggering the how universal this reaction has been. So did you hear also the news this week that UEFA announced a new Champions League format from 2024 onwards? Yes, it's more games, isn't it? Significantly more games. It's more games and uh, basically all the clubs dislike that as well. So the theory is that, well, one of the many theories is that the ESL was thrown out there in order to make the Champions League seem better just because it had a competitive element. For those that don't know, the Super League was just going to be a closed league where no new teams could enter and it was just going to make a lot of money for a few teams with no opportunity of that really feeding down, was how it seemed. So now this new Champions League seems really good, even though it's more games, more effort, more terrible teams in it. But because you can qualify for it, it now seems better. So it's the same idea that Jose Mourinho was also sacked this week, and it's about the third biggest news story, which is unbelievable, sacked by Tottenham. And again, that idea has been thrown out that he was sacked in order for it to try and cover the <laughs> Super League news. Yeah. The, and it did not work, incidentally, because the Super, Super League news was so big. Now, but, in the Super League, though, like so obviously Super League was a terrible idea. Yes. Um, however, I'm sure I read that one of the rules of the Super League was that there would be a spending cap on players. Well, now, they'd have to be. <laughs> now... Would you would you want to see if you could make a change to say Premiership football? Would you want to see a rule that says each club can only spend X amount of money on their players' wages and nothing else? Sorry, this for the Premier League. Yeah, because that was one of the proposed rules for the Super League, and I don't disagree with that rule. No, well, this has been the you know. This was the argument as well this week that Sky Sky Sports in particular have been quite hypocritical by calling fans in a war cry almost and bringing them to arms and, and outrage about this thing. But in '92, when they set when Premier League was set up and it was essentially based on Sky broadcasting every game and pumping money into football so that these salaries could then later become so inflated, the more money that gets pumped in through TV, the more money there is in football. It's Sky that have kind of created this problem to begin with from the early 90s. And now the money's getting so astronomical and so out of control that, yeah, I'd agree with you, you have to have a cap in place at some point. Otherwise, Neymar was purchased, what, 200 million a few years ago? At, At what point do you get the first billion pound player? My dad talks about when Trevor Francis moved to Nottingham Forest for a million pounds. He was the first million pound player. And now we're talking about Haaland getting sold from Borussia Dortmund and they're not going to accept anything less than 200 million. The money's just ridiculous. Stupid money, stupid money. But uh, another company has at this time uh, also is uh, taking the opportunity to try and make some money off it. Um, And there's going to be a revitalization of a childhood classic. Um, and I've actually managed through computer wizardry to intercept um, part of that new project. Um, so I've, I've yeah. actually managed to get a sort of um, almost like a storyboard slash pre-visualization slash trailer for, the, uh, for this new television program based on the events of the Super League. Blimey, wow, you, you never cease to amaze me at the sources that you have oh, at so, your disposal. Uh, so, so yeah, so I'll, I'll just, I'll fire that up, right? <laughs> Deep in Europe, Florentino Perez awakes. <laughs> ah, European Super League, it's time to conquer Earth. Perez has escaped. Recruit football managers with attitude. 
Um, so then there's a there's a little bit where they, they take the football managers and now they're they're having to defend Earth from the Super League. Steve Bruce, Black Ranger, Toon Army Football Zord Power. <laughs> Sam Allardyce, Pink Ranger, Massive Cock, Football Zord Power. <laughs> uh, Roy Hodgson, uh, Blue Ranger, OAP, Football Zord Power. <laughs> uh, Brendan Rogers, Yellow Ranger, Northern Iron, Football Zord Power. Sean Dice, Red Ranger, Steak and Kidney, Football Zord Power. <laughs> Uh, so together they form the Premier League Megazord and they fight off some of the Super League's monsters but it, it's just too strong too strong all seems lost until a sixth hero emerges his powers, his powers originally formed in the evil of the Super League club but now turn to good Jose Mourinho, White Ranger, Special One, Football Zone. <laughs> and with the power of the Sixth Ranger, the Super League was defeated, and Florentino Perez was cast into the darkness of space. And and that's the end of the uh, and that's the end of the clip. Um, Never to be seen again, or so they thought. Or so they thought. You know, season two, you wait for Champions League uh, reformat. Who knows right. what might happen? Cool. Um, I, incredible. Incre- it, like, great to see managers coming together in Power Ranger form. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, I particularly like the image of Sam Allardyce in the in the Pink Ranger little skimpy <laughs> skirt costume. Well, I like Sean Dyche with a steak and kidney. <laughs> he was Red Ranger, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to go with his beard. That was, it, he was probably the strongest impression as well, I'd say. I think your Brendan Rogers uh, could do some work, but yeah, you know, as we all know from well, I don't know what you mean about accents because that was obviously a pre-recorded thing that uh, I intercepted off the. Oh, off the of course, yes, of but, course. Um, yeah, I think I think Sean Dyche, maybe maybe Roy Hodgson wasn't too bad. Um, I've certainly done worse impressions um, <laughs> in my life, but. Uh, but yeah, I just like the image of Sean Dyche in that in that Red Ranger costume. Um, but yes, uh, you'll notice that all of the Rangers, apart from Jose Mourinho, were managers of non-Super League teams. And then <laughs> Absolutely. Jose, and then Jose Mourinho, you know, dropped by a Super League team, just like the original Green Ranger was evil at first and then turned to good. The coincidences continue today. It's amazing. It's amazing. It what I love about this uh, this concept is that there's a, there's longevity in it uh, because Florentino Perez came out in the news this week and said, you know, it hasn't gone through in this form, but we'll keep trying. I like the idea that it's going to be a weekly episode. <laughs> just Perez keeps rising, just like typical Power Rangers. He just keeps rising, and they have to keep putting him away with their Megazord. Yeah, it's like it's when you look back at the Power Rangers uh, TV show and you realise that you know half the shots of the Megazord is just a person in a costume, and the other half of the shots are just the literal toys um, <laughs> with the camera on the ground facing upwards for that forced perspective. <laughs> it's amazing what they got away with. Cool. It's gonna. <sighs> what can I say? What can I say? I'm just glad that Jose Mourinho was in the position to help him out because it sounded like they were up against it there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if Tottenham hadn't got rid of him, would he have been able to ascend to the rank of White Ranger with his special one football sword? You know, it's... Who knows? Who who can say? Who can say? Well, so, this, is a, this is a debate, actually, that you could have. So Jose famously called himself the special one in his first... Chelsea News Conference, which must have been 2004. We're 17 years on, he's just been sacked by Spurs. Is he still the special one? And if he's going to come in and make a Megazord that's powerful enough to fight off the ESL, does that mean that he would be the most powerful Power Ranger out of all Premier League managers? Well, the important thing about Power Rangers is you can argue about which one's strongest. But they only ever succeed when they work together as a team. So, yes, he is the special one, but 
it's because he enhances the rest of the team. Well, and so this is the question. This is the question that this week you had the 14 non-Super League clubs meet up and agree that the six not should be punished. That that may well come in the future. But, you know, you had the 14 meet up to discuss the six. Who would win out of the 14 versus the six? Well, if they all combined. Am I right in saying it was Jordan Henderson who arranged the meeting of the captains? He is the, yeah, he's the main captain man. Yeah. The problem was, though, that he wanted to meet up to discuss his favourite breakfast cereals. Oh. Um, and that's why nothing <laughs> came from that meeting, because he's, he's a daft lad, Jordan Henderson. Oh, but, he, but what a wonderful daft lad he is. Oh, absolutely. Do, do we know what his favourite cereal was? Did, it, did that get leaked? Well, he really likes Lucky Charms, um, but his mum doesn't let him have them because the E numbers make him high as a kite. <laughs> I mean, can you even get Lucky Charms in Liverpool? I think so. Can you, are they in the American Isle of Tesco, or is that Either just the American Isle of Tesco? Well, it seems to be that there's always, like, in most city centres, there'll be a shop that specialises in American candy. And I think in that sort of shop they sell um they sell such cereals. But um I'm now thinking of the because there's a one in the metro centre of a similar type and now I'm just thinking how mad the metro centre will is as a shopping centre. Have you ever been to the metro centre? No, enlighten me. So it used to have a theme park on top called Metroland, where you'd often go for birthdays and that. A, th- a uh, theme park, as in like full tilt roller coasters, or do you mean a play area? No, I mean like it had a roller coaster and like a waltzer and all that stuff. Right, right. I don't think it has that now. I think it's been replaced with a cinema, but um, but also for the more kiddie end of it, there's the mascots of the Metro Centre, who are the Metro Gnomes. (laughs) Who are a selection of gnomes who put on shows for the children. So it'll be like, so at Christmas you'll go and they'll have like, here's a 30 minute version of Cinderella, but all of the characters apart from Cinderella are brightly coloured gnomes. Um, And obviously they're terrifying. Um, but yeah, it's just mad. It's just mad. Sh- that's a thing. Are you sure the metronomes aren't mid-table currently in the Ghanaian Premier League? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you've said that, yeah. Really <laughs> it, was a hard, it was a hard choice between them and the Mysterious Dwarves, but you went for the Dwarves game. Yeah, yeah, cheap I, went joke. The, I went for the Dwarves, but yeah, the metronomes were, were not far underneath. <laughs> yeah, maybe, They've got two maybe. Ivory Coast players. Maybe that'll be um, maybe that'll be on the like Lord Buckethead or the Monster Raving Luna Party's next manifesto is that they'll, in cultural exchange with Ghana, they'll send the metronomes as a, as a football team. <laughs> Imagine a team of Lord Bucketheads. Well, would they all be the same bucket, or would you have a selection of different brands of bucket? Hmm. Or like, would you have one with a bin on his head? No, you'd have to. You'd have to all have bucket heads, but you'd have to have a different shirt on top. So everyone, everyone would have the same shirt, but the same bucket. Right. I see. I see. Quite so, yeah. I, I have no idea what her favourite cereal would be either. But probably not lucky charms. When I told Sarah about the metronome, she thought I was winding her up. <laughs> To, to confirm, what city is the metro centre in? It's like Newcastle. It's Newcastle, right? Okay, yeah, that would explain why I've never been there. Well, I've done my I've done my Super League sketch. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Any final words, Freddie? Down with the ESL. Down with the ESL. Something we can all get behind. So absolutely. Have have a have a good week. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Right, Freddie, give us a kiss.
I've just had a fucking beautiful thought and I'm just trying to articulate it in my brain before I lose it. Gravy brain, gravy brain, gravy brain. I fucking love gravy brain. Gravy brain. Gravy brain. Gravy brain. Oh, it's fucking gravy brain. <laughs>